0: Dr. B was sharing from the Lord about Jesus holding his arms out, saying, come. One of the things on my list today was Matthew eleven twenty-eight uh, through 30. And Jesus says, come unto me, all ye, all you that labor, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest unto your souls. Uh, When I was uh, young, starting in about the third grade, my uh, sister was going to a church in... Uh, Abilene Texas it was Trinity Baptist Church Pastor Wilson was the pastor I don't say that because I think you care about whether the pastor was I just wanted you to know I remember something from that time because something happened to me that was amazing Uh, first my sister took me in to talk to the pastor in his office. She sat to my right, I was sitting there, I was in the third grade. I was not a bright child. My grades did not reflect a bright child. I was kind of clueless about a lot of things. But Pastor Wilson shared Christ with me. And he shared the plan of salvation. And I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I knew exactly what happened. It was so clear. And it's the, the fact that I could be so clueless about everything else. And understand that was a miracle in itself to me. And I was baptized the following Sunday night um, and I went to church with my sister for until the fifth grade and uh, it was very real to me and I just say that because um, mainly because at the end of every service or before the service was over we would always sing the same song and some of you I know well know it well and some of you may have remembered singing it in church <coughs> excuse me <coughs> the song was softly and tenderly jesus is calling calling for you and for me earnestly tenderly jesus is calling calling all sinners come home come home come home ye who are willing come home and it goes on and You know, that's whosoever will. Whosoever will. God, I believe in the sovereignty of God. But I believe God made this world with certain spiritual laws involved in the world. Physical laws as well. And God made gravity. And he made gravity work the way that it is. If you go jumping off of a building, you will find out that the law of gravity works very well. It is not God, God's sovereign will that you fall to your death, but it is God's sovereign will that gravity works the way that it works. The Bible says in, in Deuteronomy, I believe it's 30:19, where God says, "I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. That I set before you. Life and death. Blessing. And cursing. Therefore. Choose life. That it may be well with thee. And with your children. It says. You choose. I I, I put it before you. And God makes. The, I believe that's how the sovereign will of God works. God puts things on the earth and they work a certain way, but he has blessing and he has cursing. He's, he sets it before you. It, it's our choice. Now, there's also things that work in this world that are in a time space, difficult uh, element of life and death. And, you know, God promises an eternal life. And God promises us that if we believe in him, great things will happen. But sometimes death happens. I mean, we just heard about two precious souls, 40 years old, 44, 40. That is my, that's, that's young. And they're children. And it's uh, 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 something to, to grieve and mourn about. But um, God has placed choices before us. Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden. He's not, it is not God's sovereign will to make you do anything. He doesn't make people. He doesn't want robots. He can make robots if he wants them. It's your choice. God wants to be worshipped by you out of choice, not because you are made to. God wants you to love him out of choice, not because he has made you to do it or you, makes, you, makes you do it. In, uh, when Jesus was going to go to the cross the week before, the weekend before, we remembered as Palm Sunday the week before. He comes into Jerusalem, and everybody knows how he he, uh, he comes in on the donkey, and they're laying coats before him, and 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 branches, and they're singing Hosanna, Hosanna to him. And then he goes into the temple, and the first thing he does is he beats the money changers out of the temple, and says, "My house shall be a house of prayer." And then later on, the people. The, the priests come to him and they, comf- they confront him about how he is, uh, um, the people are saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. And the people, uh, the priest confront him, says, do you not hear what these people are saying? In Luke, it talks about how they confront him on the road end. And he says, if I, if uh, I, if I stop these people from worshiping me, the rocks will cry out. And then in the temple, he says to them, you can find this in, in uh, uh, Matthew 21, 16. He says, have you never read to the priests?" He says, have you, have, never, have you never read out of the mouths of babes and sucklings? Thou hast ordained strength. Or he actually says, thou hast perfected praise. He's quoting from Psalm 8, verse 2, which says, Have you never read that out of the mouths of babes and sucklings thou hast ordained strength? And then it goes on to this, that thou mightest still the avenger, uh, 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 that you might keep, stop the mouth, or still the avenger. Now, that's in Psalm 8, too. Later on, he quotes, and this we've talked a lot about this, later on, he quotes, they keep coming at him with questions, coming at him with questions. And it's all recorded in Matthew 22, uh, 21 and 22. And later on, finally, they come at him with the big guns. And the lawyers come at him and says, what's the first of all commandments? And he says this. The Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now that's important because he says that's the first of all commandments. That, that gives us a clue, pretty big clue, that the reason that we were born, that the reason God created us was so that we would love him. With all our hearts, minds, body, soul, and spirit, and love our neighbors as ourself. This is what God has created us for. You know everybody's heard this before, that maybe some of you that haven't been here, but my one of my absolute favorite verses is in Second Timothy chapter one verse nine, and he says how God saved you and called you with a holy calling not according to our works, but according to his purpose and grace, which was given to us before the world began. You know, both Isaiah and Jeremiah made points of saying that God had called them before they were born, even before they were formed in their mother's womb. Psalm uh, Uh, Psalm 139 says, before, uh, before I was ever on this earth, my members were in your book. God created you, uh, or I had a plan for creation that you were in his book that he has, uh, uh, preordained that you would be born. And he had a plan. He had a calling on your life to save you, to call you with a holy calling and with a holy purpose and, and, uh, That purpose was given to us before the world began. That is pretty important. How many of you know you have a purpose in life? God has created you with a purpose. And it's so interesting that the week before he was crucified, he reveals many of these purposes for your life. And the first one was. Have you never read that out of the mouths of babes and sucklings thou hast ordained strength because of thine enemy? He says, perfected praise. And he's quoting something. That actually reveals something that God has saved us. In Amos, the ninth chapter, it says God has saved the Gentiles in order to rebuild the tabernacle of David. The tabernacle of David was something that David started. He built this tent and tabernacle during the time when uh, the Ark of the Covenant had previously been kept in the tabernacle of Moses, but he brings the Ark of the Covenant into this tent, and instead of having sacrifices in the tent, like it was in the tabernacle of Moses, instead of doing that, he had the the the, the Ark of the Covenant would be surrounded by people that were praising and worshiping God and dancing before the Lord and and singing to him, And shouting, but different kind of shouting, but shouting. Uh, It was shouts of joy, not shouts of condemnation. But he was singing and praising and worshiping the Lord 24-7. And it was going on, that tabernacle of David was going on approximately 50 years. Then when Jesus was crucified, raised from the dead, the Jews began to believe that the Gentile church that was being formed should become Jews. And so this great big convention, and in that convention, they were deciding whether or not the Jews should be, uh, uh, the Gentiles should be Jews. Paul said why he didn't think that they should be. Barnabas said why he think. Peter said why he didn't. And then James spoke up and says, they are not to be Jews, but instead they are to, God saved them according to Amos, the ninth chapter to rebuild the tabernacle of david so you and i according to that if we're gentile christians god has called us to worship and praise him it's it's not so much the 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 doing of the worship it's talking about relationship God wanted relationship with his people. God has created you for you to have an intimate relationship with him. And that intimate relationship is accomplished partly in praise and worship of him. So we come and we worship him and we praise him. We declare worship. We declare his worthship. ship. How, how much God is worth to you. What is God worth to you? And so the first thing that he starts talking about is showing that the people have been called back to the priesthood to show forth his praise. The Bible says we are a peculiar people. We are a royal priesthood. We are a chosen nation. We are a people of his own. That what? That we should show forth the praises of him who's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Our one of God's purpose in your life is to worship him and praise him. You are a holy nation, a peculiar people. I know we're peculiar, but the, the definition of that word in the Bible means a people of his own. You belong to him. He has bought you with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your bodies and in your spirits, which belong to God. That's 1 Corinthians uh, six nineteen 19 and 20. So here's the deal. We were created to worship God. Later on, when that when the when the guy asked him, What? Um, what is the first commandment? Jesus says, The first of all commandments is thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. So we get another clue. We have been created to love God with all our hearts, with all our mind, and with all our soul. Pretty much impossible if we don't have the resurrection of Jesus Christ. All right. So that's but here's something else. I want you to be able to put up. um, John, the gospel of John, chapter 16. And I'm going to start with verse five. And I'm going to go through about 10. All right. The next thing he says is very interesting. Interesting. Because he first says, thou shalt love the Lord thy God. And then this was a, a a Pharisee that was a lawyer came at him with this question. And then he answered that question. And then he tells, he talks to the lawyer and he says this, Jesus says this, let me ask you a question. Okay. I can imagine this lawyer was a little bit on his, uh, on his edge at this point. He says, let me ask you a question. And he says, uh, tell me something. Who is, uh, uh, the Messiah? Who, who is his father? Who did he come from? Who did he, was he descendant of? And he says, David. Cause remember, you know, they used to call Jesus or they call Jesus son of David. All right. Because he's a descendant of David. And so he says, son of David. He says, if the Messiah is the son of David, this is Jesus talking to the lawyer now. He says, if the Messiah is David's son, then why does David call him Lord? Well, that's a good question. All right? Why does David, now, what is he referring to? He's actually referring to a scripture that is Psalm 110, starting with verse 1. And it says this where Jesus says in Psalm 110, he says, he calls him Lord. And he says, Lord, my Lord, sit here at my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool. So, you know, you know, it's like he calls him Lord. But there's a verse of scripture that's very significant because Jesus is saying this is the last thing. This is the last encounter. As a matter of fact, it says this. The lawyers after after this encounter, the lawyer says he he walks away and says nobody ask him any more questions after that. So what do we have here? We have the, uh, the 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 clue in God's word that we are actually comes right out and says it that we were born. We we have a purpose in our life to uh, worship him and rebuild uh, the tabernacle of David, which is founded upon relationship and praise and worship and the priesthood. OK, then we find out. We are supposed to love the Lord I got. That's another God reason God called us to a holy purpose. And if that calling goes back before we were even created or before we were even made on earth. So, then the third thing it says, he says to him, "Sit here at my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool." That's Psalm 110. All right? Now this is interesting because in Hebrews, the first chapter in the New Testament, it refers to that same verse of scripture about Jesus. The only thing is it is referring to Jesus after he has been raised from the dead. And he says Jesus or the, uh, the, the writer of Hebrews says that after Jesus is raised from the dead. He is in part fulfilling the scripture that says in Psalm one ten, and also says in Psalm twenty two, uh, Matthew twenty two forty three says this: "Sit here at my right hand." Now the, the Hebrew is saying this after Jesus is raised from the dead. The Father says, "Sit here at my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool." All right, all right. Now, why is that so significant? Well, I always said this, you know, Jesus, how many of you know, when when he sent the, the, the disciples out to do miracles and everything, they came back and what did they say? Even the demons obey us. And Jesus says to them, why are you so shocked? I saw Satan fall from heaven. Now he's not talking about just then. He's talking about when Satan was kicked out of heaven, one of the third of the angels, Alright? I was there. He says, ha, I, "I was, I was one of the kick, I was one of them that kicked him out." Hello, all right I was there. Why do you, should you be so surprised that the demons now obey you? Remember when he started coming, uh, coming and healing people and casting out demons, and the demons said, "Why are you c- causing us?" trouble before the time you know he says oh shut up you know and so jesus in in, in acts it says jesus went about doing good and healing all those that were oppressed of the devil you see jesus was there when satan was cast out jesus came to the earth and through his earthly ministry he defeated satan Jesus through the resurrection. The demons said if they had known what was going to happen, they would not have crucified the Son of Glory. Right. He was there when in the resurrection, he says he spoiled principalities and he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it, and he took the keys of death out in the grave and he was raised from the dead and he kicked Satan's behind. Now, if you think I'm being vulgar, that's what it says in Psalm 78. It says, well, he says it may be a little more poetic. He says, he smote them in their hinder parts. That's exactly and It's talking about the resurrection. It's also talking about when the Ark of the Covenant was taken by the Philistines. He smote them in their hinder parts. Now, is, that doesn't mean kick their butts. I don't know what it means. And he's referring to Jesus when he was raised from the dead. He spoiled principalities. And he was given a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow. Every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. All right. He took the keys of death, hell, and the grave from Satan. He kicked him out of heaven. He beat him on earth. He beat him through his death. He beat him through his resurrection. So what does it mean when... God, or, or when the Hebrew, writer of Hebrews says very simply to the father says, sit here at my right hand. Why is he at his right hand? Well, that's where he was in heaven before he came. But that's where he was when he was raised from the dead. He was seated at the right hand of God. You know who else is seated at the right hand of God? We are, according to Ephesians, the second chapter, sit here at my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool you know what that means until i defeat your enemies well hey you know when how this is something interesting right jesus was there in the beginning we we just sing a song like that you were there in the beginning one with god our lord most high he was there in the beginning all right he was there when he came to earth he was there when he kicked Satan out. He was there when he came to earth. He was there when he ra- was raised from the dead. What does it mean, sit here until I make thy enemies thy footstool? Well, I- I'm just kind of a simple guy here. And it's very simple. It sounds very simple to me. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. If you've got a different idea about this, please share it with me. I'm, I'm willing to uh, acknowledge that, you know, you can share what you... Uh, think about it even though you're wrong. Anyway, <clears throat> no, no. You I don't know, I don't mean that at all. Everybody, if you have got a different opinion, I like to like to hear it. Sit here until. Well, we don't know what that means until I think I know, all right? I think that means until and then, you know? If you sit here until, then there's an and then. And then. Do you understand what I'm saying? Wait till wait until I come. And then when I come, something's going to happen. So sit here until. So what is going to happen until? Well, I don't think he's going to jump up and say, (laughs) do a little jig around the throne saying, I "I think it means he's coming back. Which means I also think that it hasn't happened yet. I mean, we we could have it happen right now. I can't determine. I don't know when it's going to happen. But I do know this. It says, sit here until I make thy enemies thy footstool. How is he gonna make Satan his footstool? Well, he didn't. It, 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 what? It, it, I'm not, God accomplished a great deal when he kicked him out of heaven. God, Jesus accomplished it on earth. He went about, doing good he- healing all those that were oppressed of them. he spoiled prince about he 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 beat him in, on earth he beat him through death he beat him through the resurrection there's one more time yet that he need that is wants to beat him and what is that it's see when he was given a name that is above every name that was something different did you know that philippians 2 says Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and gave him a name that is above every name. So when he was given a name that is above every name, you know what that name was? There was a name that he hadn't had before then. He was the Lord of glory, the King of kings, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. All of those names were already true. So when God gives him a name that is above every name, what is that name? It's the head of the church. Why is that a new name? Because it didn't exist before then. Do you understand what I'm saying? What is the church? His body. And who is his body? Didn't say something about being hands and feet a while ago. We are his hands. We are his feet. We are his body. And so I'm a simple guy. Sit here until I make your enemies of your footstool in a way that hasn't happened yet and you know what that way is when we smote his behind now that's something that i believe has been happening for a long time now but it hasn't come to completion yet because when it does he's coming back hello all right now let's let's put this up this is this is going to be really good god what purpose is in your life? God has created you, had a plan for you before the world even existed. God had your members of your body written in his book before you were even, before this world was even created. God has a plan for you and it's really big. It is big in, the, in as much as we are to worship the Lord our God with all our heart. In the tabernacle of David, there should be a relationship that is in our hearts and in our minds that is going 24-7 and that we are God conscious of God having a purpose in our life and we are here to praise him and worship him and declare his worthship. Amen. Then he says, and God has called you to love him with all your heart, with all your mind, body, soul and spirit and love one another and to love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. And do you know what else God has called you to do? But now I go my way to him that sent me. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. This is another thing that's happening. Oh, approximately eight days before his crucifixion. And he's teaching them. It's kind of like his last will and testament of his last will and testament. You understand what I mean? This is the last few words. And this is just part of them. And he says, but now I go my way to him that sent me. He's going back to the father. And none of you ask me whither goest thou? He says, don't anybody ask me where I go. You know, he's already run into that problem before when they were asking him stuff. And he says, Don't ask me where I go. If you don't know by now, uh, just hang around. You'll get it sooner or later. And he says, And because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Yeah, they were, they were so sorrowful. They didn't even re- really believe it was going to happen. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you. That I go away. How do you, can you, do you understand that there might have been a little trouble with that statement? You you follow me? Do you understand that they might be saying, yeah, yeah. He says, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. What? No, 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 no. It is not expedient. You know what expedient means to our advantage? You're really blessed. If it's, a, you're, you're, yeah, he says, I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. You know what the comforter is? That's Paracleo or Paraclesis. Depends on how you, what g- Greek word you want to take. It means comforter. It also means advocate. It means he's got, he's going to be your lawyer. How many of you know we have an advocate with the father? One is we have an advocate with the Father, the the Lord Jesus Christ is our high priest in heaven interceding on our behalf because we have a high priest that's touched with the feelings of our infirmity and, and, and that because of that, we can find grace and mercy and help in time of need. But we also have another advocate with the Father and that is the Holy Spirit. One's in heaven and one's down here with us. And that's why he says... This is expedient for you that I go away. Everybody follow that so far? All right. It says this. Is it expedient for you that I go away? For if I go not away, the comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, how many of you believe he's come? All right. How many of you believe he's right here right now? Let's close our eyes right now. Hallelujah. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you sent him. Thank you that he is here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Open our eyes that we may be a wondrous things out of your word. Hallelujah. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Have free course. May the Word of God have free course. And be multiplied in us, Lord. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. When he has come, he will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. Did you hear that? When he has come, has he come? How is he going to do that? Through us. Remember, it's expedient that I go away because I'm sending him to you, to us. So the Holy Spirit is here, and what's the purpose? What is our purpose? That we will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. All right. So we're reproving the world of sin because they didn't believe in him. All right. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father, and you see me no more. Am I going to be raised from the dead of judgment and leave this one up of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. Do you see that? So what is going to happen if he's being judged? That means he's going to get smote in his hinder part. Hello? By the body of Christ. Where are the feet? Be here. Sit here until I make your enemies. Who is his enemy? Satan. All right. Your footstool. Who's his feet? We are. All right. Here's what we need to begin to get a picture of this. God has a purpose of our li- in our lives. God has created us with a holy purpose. This was. This has been preordained before the foundation of the world. Before the world was even created. He has created me to worship Him and praise Him and have a 24-7 relationship with Him. And He has created me to love Him with all my heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit, and to love my neighbor as myself. And He has created me to judge Satan. How is that going to happen? Well, we, we got, Let's got to go back to the beginning or... Back to the beginning of earth. You have Satan in the Garden of Eden. And you have Adam and Eve come along. Now, they were able to eat of all the trees of the garden, including the tree of life. But the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they were not permitted to eat out of. And what's the first thing that Satan says to uh, Adam and Eve? What is, what's the very first words that comes out of his mouth? He says, hath God said. And then he goes, hath God said you could eat of all the trees in the garden? And the woman says, well, all the trees except the knowledge of good and evil. God doesn't want you to do that. Satan's calling, which he has made on his own, Satan's calling Is to create, is to say, God's a liar. Right? Our purpose is to say, no, 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 you're the liar. Because he says, "Hath God said?" This is what's happening in this world today. Satan is saying, "Hath God said?" God is a liar. We are. We have. An advocate. All right, we are the opponent. We have an advocate, the Holy Spirit, that is on our side, and we are the judge, the jury, and the opponent of Satan. It is through us that we proclaim you're a liar. It is through us that we proclaim the final judgment. See, Satan's got one goal he wants to get as many people as he can. To prove that they, the people, are proclaiming that we love darkness more than light. You are not worthy to be loved. You are not worthy to be praised. You are not worthy to serve. You are not worthy to worship. You see, this is Satan's goal. You, his goal is to say, God, you're a liar. He's a liar. God has said he's the liar. It is our purpose. It is what God created me for, created you for, to say, no, you're the liar. God is good. You are evil. We choose him over you. And by choosing him, we smote him in his hinder part. We make him Jesus' footstool. Hallelujah. Amen. Halle- let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you that you trusted us to to call us, to give us purpose, even before the world began, that we would choose life, that we would choose you, Lord. We couldn't do it without you. It's impossible to choose you, Without you. But we choose you. And in choosing you. We refuse. Satan's lies. And we. Step on his head. We defeat him. We make him. For the one last time. The enemy. Will be Jesus footstool. Lord. We place ourselves. In. Position for your holy purpose, for your love. Lord, you have loved us so much that you gave your Son for us, and you have trusted us, that you have sent the Holy Spirit to us, and it is for our expedience, it is for our blessing, it is for our uh, value that you have been raised from the dead and we are in the purpose of you, God. And so we submit ourselves to you, to worship you, to love you, and to fight for you, and to fight Satan for you in the greatest court trial that has ever existed and that we would be the judge and the jury that would proclaim that God is good and Satan is evil. Lord, may we may we say yes to your holy purpose. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We worship you in Jesus name. Amen.